Remember our latest belly laugh? No, I laugh a lot. I know. I don't know what we were talking about, what story, but <laughs> I said something about like, oh, so-and-so is in denial. <laughs> no, you and what did you say? That. What did you say? I said denial is not just a river. <laughs> <laughs> denial is not just a river. And I was like, did you just come up with that? <laughs> and what was your answer? I don't know. It just came up. <laughs> you said, I guess this is what happens when I have a piece of you inside of me. <laughs> 20 years of marriage, baby. And a baby in your belly. And you start to sound like one another, you know? The dad jokes are flowing here. Holy moly. All right, I guess it's time to start. Let's go. Welcome to Marriage with the Mothers, a conversation to help marriages heal, grow, and stay strong. To stay connected and to submit topics, follow us on Instagram at Marriage with the Mothers or visit our website at jdmuller.com. Let's get started. Here's JD and Alini Muller. It was the last day of school today. Yes, it was the last day of school. It is, it'll be a few days before this airs, but um, an emotional day. For whom? I think for the universe. <laughs> <laughs> the kids were super excited. They were, but this was the last day they went to school together until Maya is in a senior in high school. That's true. It's the dynamics of our school. They will no longer yeah. go to school together yep. until... Yeah, it's a long time. 2029? Jesus, 2028. Something like that. Wow. Yeah. So the little ones, are, which are no longer the little ones, will be on their own. And Maya will be on her own. And the dynamics will change. Some of you listening have already gone through that, but for us, it's a new adjustment. And then we have a little one coming. Yes. Send prayers, send thoughts, send wishes. Yes. Gift cards <laughs> and friends to help. <laughs> That's what's going on with the Millers now. Send all the things. I hope you are well and that you're having great summer plans and we'll see you next week. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> this was a short one, guys. <laughs> this is a short episode. I just wanted to give you an update. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it is time for our next segment. Tales, tips, and trends. Let's go. Tales, tips, and trends. Well, honey, I wanted to bring a topic. It's a trend that we are seeing it's not a happy trend but it's an interesting trend that we are seeing with empty nesters five reasons long-term marriages crumble apparently divorce in that age group is up mm -hmm. i think it's because women have a better way to take care of themselves 
now as opposed to a hundred years ago. Yeah, more of the women are working outside of the home, which they can sustain themselves. They're more independent. Yes, they don't have to put up with the same old, same old. But there are five reasons here, uh, and I want to see if you can guess them. What do you think the number one reason for um, long-term marriages to crumble? Well, I don't know if these are in order, but my thoughts are, one, kids li- left the house, and they no longer know how to engage with each other, so okay. they lost their connection to one another. All right, so hold that thought, because the first one is infidelity. That's number one. Really? Are you surprised? At that age, kinda. <laughs> I mean, be honest. Like you hear a lot about when people are young and their drive and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But to become unfaithful, maybe they have always been and they just stayed together until that age. Maybe. Or to become unfaithful later on in life. That's an interesting point you make. They just decide, okay, now yeah. that the kids are gone, it's time to do something about it. Getting disillusioned with uh, the relationship and looking elsewhere for comfort and companionship might be the reason to. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Money. Money issues. Yeah. Well, we talked about last last week. So if you didn't catch our podcast last week. Yeah, last episode. Last episode. Go Go check it out. Episode four. Yes. Okay. Money issues. Number three. What do you think it is? Uh, you still holding on to your answer? I thought, you know, you disengage in lack of communication. There it is. Lack there it is. of communication. Yeah, they stopped talking to each other in the years where everything was just busy. Yeah. They were roommates. No, Don't know how to communicate. Don't know how to exchange ideas and grow together. That's what's so important, right? Yeah. Uh, number four is empty nest. And I think it's... Part of what you said, right? Yeah. You don't know how to behave. You don't know how to be... Um, a wife or a husband. You yes. just know how to be a parent. Yes. And you know how to co-parent. You don't it, know how to engage in the marital. The kids have become the glue. The center. The, the, the motive for the covenant. Yeah. That's why if you are married and you have kids, make sure you keep your connection alive. Make sure you're making ways uh, to keep that flame, the connection, the communication, that you know how to be you without the kids. Going yeah. to get away. It's okay to have some nights yeah. without them. Yeah. If you have family around, sometimes parents are so protective, they don't want to leave the kids. I say go. Yeah. Take a week off. What do you remember from when you were four, five, six? Sure. <laughs> I don't mean dismiss the connection with kids, right? But it's important for you to maintain a healthy marriage. It's good for them, too. Yeah. And the last one. Unresolved issues of the past. Yes. People don't deal with stuff and then they think it's going to go away. Time will heal. Nope. It always comes back. you got to address the issues. Creeps back in. you got to address the issues. It might sound like a broken record, but until it's resolved, you got to do it in wisdom. You got to do it in kindness, but you have to address it, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Top five reasons why I, long-term married folks 
yeah mm-hmm. call it quits if you are in that season uh, i think this is a good eye opener for you to do a self-inventory but if you're still early in your marriage or you're halfway there these are things that uh, can be part of your preventative plan right yes so as you know Marriage with the Millers is a interactive podcast. Everything we talk about here, aside from tales, tips, and trends, is requested from you, the audience, the listener. And today we have a very special subject uh, that I think will hit home for a lot of couples. We are talking about restoring broken trust. Yes. What do you do when trust has been broken in the relationship? And how do you restore that? It's a big subject. It is a big subject. I don't think we'll have the time to cover all of it, but we'll give it our best. Yeah. And obviously, every couple will give the disclaimer that every couple is different and every situation is different. Yeah. And um, you have to evaluate according to where you are. Yeah. Um, but the first thing that I think about when I think about broken trust is I correlate it to grief. Mm. I was thinking about this because... We're starting in the deep end. Yes, we're going in. And the reason I was thinking about this is because trust, you have to be able to process it. and You have to feel it. And you Mm. have to grieve the loss of what you lost. Yeah. Whatever that is. Obviously, there are scales of broken trust, right? Mm -hmm. And I think both parties need to realize... That it is a grieving process. And it's not linear. Mm. It is full of twists and turns. And some days you feel like you take, you've taken five steps forward. Some days you're starting from scratch. Yeah. It feels that way. It's hard to ignore the emotion. You can't. If you, you can't. ignore it, you don't yeah. you don't actually restore trust. And you don't process it. And properly. you don't process. Yeah. It's I mean in that way it's so like grief right Mm -hmm. you have to be able to mourn the loss of a perfect relationship almost idealized because it Mm -hmm. wasn't perfect but at that moment that's what it feels like yeah you had this great relationship and that person yeah did this to you you were in ascension and then all of a sudden there's a crash there's a crash and the other aspect that i that really comes to mind is the duality of it in that you cannot restore trust if only one party is in. Mm-hmm. Right? Both of them need to be 100% committed yeah. to restoring this trust. That's powerful. So let's explore this idea a little bit because I think it's important to give clarity to what trust is and to understand how trust is built little bit of the anatomy of trust, uh, if you will, because sometimes trust is conflated with love. Trust is conflated with believing, taking a word for it. And it's way more complex than, than that because trust extends to more than that one event. Yeah. Trust is confidence. Trust is planning the future, is the past, uh, and... So when you take vows, you think of love, you think of plans, but it's all built on trust. Yeah. And, and when that trust is broken, it's almost as though 
the person who was betrayed has to reevaluate her own priorities, her own mode of thinking and building relationships themselves. Yeah, the problem is that when trust is broken in a marriage, for the person that had their trust broken, mm -hmm. it's not just broken in the marriage, it's broken in their life. Yes. So it's existential. Yes. It's it it goes so much deeper than it was just this isolated person. Mm -hmm. It encompasses who they are and yeah. why did it happen to me and what was my like it just very much like you said existential right it mm -hmm. sends you into crisis in many ways yes it's it's almost as though you are severed from one another yeah it's just it's so it's so detrimental that's the feeling of sudden separation emotional separation yeah. but intentional emotional separation yeah well because you have devoted yourself to this person uh, and you have given them your full confidence, and now, all of a sudden, you can't, you shouldn't, yeah. for self-preservation, yeah. because you, you were hurt. And obviously, we're talking about a deep distrust, betrayal, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, in lighter modes, it might not be this severe, mm -hmm. but the reality is that anytime you're lied to or you're betrayed, and that trust is broken in some manner, mm -hmm. it takes a chip at your trust with that individual it takes a you know component yeah. of it and it will have to be rebuilt it is a huge trauma yeah and with any enormous trauma healing takes a long time yes it takes a long time and you don't want to rush it either you can't it yeah. doesn't work yes you can't force trust yes and that's yeah. why it depends on both people yeah because so Let's talk, let's throw a few scenarios out there because everybody has a threshold, right? And marriage is a covenant between two people. So it could be that somebody lost all of the finances, everything they worked so hard for 10 years, 15 years. And this person either gambled it away or invested in a bad thing or hid the money, did something. Right. Yes. It's a huge, huge betrayal. It's a huge betrayal. Yeah. There's that's in there. There is, you find cases like infidelity. Mm -hmm. And there's even different cases in that. Like yeah. a one night stand is one thing. Yeah. A, you know, second family is a yeah. different thing. A long, t longer term relationship. Emotional. Yeah. Emotional, not physical, physical yeah. not physical, all, all those things. That's yeah. another betrayal. I think those are the big ones. And then there are smaller, like... When promises are broken. Yeah. Right? We will talk about this. But you don't. And then you don't. Or you don't show up. Yeah. Yes. Right? You promise to be there, but you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, and it happens often. All the time. Yeah, there's several lev you, you levels. You make promises. Yeah. You promise. I know another one is like, you promise to protect. mm but then you always expose. Mm. Like those are small chipping away at trust yes. in a marital relationship when you promise to protect one another, yes. to be in each other's corner. Yes. But when the time comes and you need your spouse to stand up for you yeah. in whatever man, or you need them to show up for you and all that, yeah. and they're not, you know, that's little chipping away at your trust. Yeah. And you might think, man, I've never cheated. I never lied. 
Oh, I never stole from my spouse. But those little things... They add up. If you have years of that, it really... If it's really hard to uphold respect mm-hmm. and to keep the relationship flourishing when your word means nothing. Yeah. You have to give importance to the value of your word. And if you talk about solutions, I mean, I think one of the main things that we have to pay attention to is our word. Yeah. Does your word matter? Yeah. Does what you say is, is a significant? Do you, do you actually um, put an effort to make sure that your word counts because guys can say, I don't know why she won't trust me. Or the lady can say the same thing, right? I don't know why he won't trust me. Well, can they count on your word? Yeah. I think what happens often is you are very um, unintentional or relaxed or maybe intimate, right? With the people that you love most, your spouse, and you say whatever to them. Mm. You don't actually measure and account for your words because comfort means I can just be me and whatever and say wow, whatever's in so my good. head and be, you know, I'm just being me. And so I say all these things to my spouse that I don't actually mean, or maybe I'm not intentional about what I'm saying. And then I don't keep what I said, or I'm a different person in different scenarios. Mm. And I behave differently with alone with them at home. Then when I go out there, I behave differently or I do different things. And so your word is not, a, it, like the Bible teaches us, let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's like wherever he goes or wherever she goes, they're going to change on me. Wow. And that creates such a lack of trust. Yeah. Because they don't show up genuinely or their word does not mean what they actually Or they are say. one person in public and another person at yeah. home. Yeah. And or make or make empty promises because you just want to shut your spouse up. Wow! Like you just say whatever you need to say to get your spouse off your case, mm. to stop talking to you, stop bringing up the topic or whatever it is. Say what you need to say. This is so powerful. But then you don't follow through, and obviously that chips away at trust. And at the same point, if you're trying to build trust, that doesn't build it either. Yeah, this is so powerful because those who are, we are most intimate with are the most vulnerable to us. Mm-hmm. Those with whom we have the most intimacy are the ones we are most likely to hurt. Yeah. And to, you have access. Yes. Because you you become entirely relaxed. Yeah, right? You have access to their heart like no one else does. Yes. How can you be fully relaxed in a marriage and still be mindful of your actions in the way that you're saying? Because I, I can imagine people listening and thinking, so do I have to walk on eggshells? Like, do I have to mind everything I say? Am I not allowed to be myself? And just, it's my house. It's our marriage. Like, I'm supposed to just let go of all my cares. It's not an authenticity issue. It is a communication discipline. Mm. It's being disciplined to communicate in a way that builds your relationship and saying everything you need to say. Because, again, remember, the, the stuff that gets put under the rug, comes back to bite you. Yeah. Right? So intentionally address Mm. and talk about things, but also be mindful that you are speaking to another person. And every person has feelings. Every person has dreams. Every person has hope. And they are looking at you 
with love and care and how would you treat somebody that loves and cares for you? Mm. I think the other problem is a lot of people talk to themselves badly. Yes. And they do that to themselves. I think now you're getting constantly, to the core of it. Yeah. Constantly talking themselves down, yeah. constantly thinking about how awful they are, constantly doing all those things internally. And so obviously it spills out into their spouse. They don't have the close. resources to build somebody else when they feel torn down. Yeah. And yeah. they keep, you know, and they, they do it to themselves. Yeah. And they take everything defensively. Mm-hmm. So whenever their spouse brings up anything or says anything, they feel like they must defend yes. instead of actually go, oh, okay, this is a conflict in our marriage. How do we work it out together? Yeah. I can be, I can mess up. Yeah. I can be actually be doing something wrong. Yeah. And actually need to address it, right? 100%. And so if that communication is there, then you can have show up as your genuine authentic self building trust and not actually dismissing i I think the biggest issue there is the inner conflict because self-regulation is so important in a marriage you have to be able to self-regulate and measure your words properly Mm -hmm. so that you ultimately build something worthwhile with your spouse see i think people mistaken their lashing out their um vocalizing their frustrations with this idea that they are in some kind of restrictive um reality that marriage is that restrictive reality when in fact um marriage is a beautiful uh, oasis of freedom Deep thoughts by Jatiel Oasis of freedom. Uh, I should say a chamber of... <laughs> you just used my full first name. It's, uh, nice. Powerful. What I mean by that is that sometimes a married person can think that they need to, they need to be free. They, they are not going to let go of their freedom, but they don't really... What they're expressing is not freedom, is rebellion. They don't understand marriage, right? Yeah. Well, you can't rebel against something that you chose. It's your house. It's your marriage. Yeah, it's another person, but that's your person. It's a person you love. It's a person you vowed yourself and your life to. And now you faced a little challenge or you faced a situation and you are all of a sudden feeling like you can't the problem is people get married and they want to control they can't even control themselves but they want to control the other person and then it becomes a series of manipulation okay and i'm going to manipulate the situation till i get what i want and that's another aspect where trust gets broken mm-hmm. because now we are not communicating we're not building a life together I'm manipulating you to get what I want. Mm-hmm. Freedom in marriage is best experienced together. Yes. Shared. And so you're not trapped by your spouse. Your spouse is not trapped by you. Nope. This is a life that you chose, chose together. We don't need each other. We choose each other. Yeah. And you choose each other every day. Yep. So it is important for you to know that. And to self-regulate in that way so that your words are not used to manipulate, control, um, or try to um, be free from a beautiful thing. Because mm-hmm. 
you have this person that has seen the worst of you and still uh, decides to live with you and be with you. And that's a special thing. Yeah. And it needs to be valued properly. So whatever situation you're going through, it's temporary. Build that trust, uphold that trust and keep going. You're going to go through peaks. You're going to go through valleys. But trust is essential in every aspect of marriage. So trust is broken. How can you restore it? Decide together. Mm -hmm. First step is decide together that that's what you're going to do. Yes. That we're going to work together to rebuild. It is a no matter who broke the trust. Yeah. Both need to decide. Yeah. That they want to rebuild it. And they need to both have patience with one another. They need to understand that it will take time. Yeah. And it will feel longer for the person who broke the trust. Yes. Because I've been doing right. Why can't you just trust me now? Yeah. It's been however long. I feel like by this point you should. And this goes for small things and big things. Yeah. So it will take time. You do need patience. And the second thing is gotta humble yourself like there's no room for pride when you're trying to rebuild constant communication yeah like reassurances of affirmation again and talking about the issue that happened over and over and over and sometimes it might feel like the person who who broke the trust might feel again exhausted by it because i'm always feeling like i being blamed or guilty Mm -hmm. or whatever but the other person needs to hear it. And it's yeah. not that they're blaming. They need to hear yeah. that you still believe that what you did was wrong. Yeah. If you broke the trust, if you betrayed your spouse in any way, you might want to find out why that happened. If it was a surprise even to you that you were capable of that. Well, surprise, uh, you have come face to face with your humanity. humanity. Yep. And we're all capable of... Uh, things that we didn't know we were yeah and if if you had that realization and you want to self-explore and maybe uh, you know you through conversations or therapy or reading books you discover that the problem was something other than yourself you still have to take responsibility yeah even if it was something that was done to you, even if it's, if it's because your own trauma that you brought to the marriage, you still have to take responsibility. This is very important. You can't pass on the blame. Yeah. You did what you did consciously. And you he, made the decision. And you can do it again. You you, you know, could do it again. You could do it again. Don't get to, I would never yeah. do it or I would never do it again. Or you know what? A little bit of humble pie goes a long way. We need to understand that every one of us are capable of making mistakes at all levels. Yeah. We can become horrid creatures if we allow ourselves to go in that direction, right? So whatever was in place that led you there, yeah. whatever avenues or doors that were open mm-hmm. that led you to whatever circumstance, you need to learn to close them. And what does that mean for you yeah. to close those doors? Now let's talk about the big betrayals, infidelity, crime, maybe not crime to the spouse, but like something happened, Uh, the person embezzled money in the company or something horrible, right? That was really bad. There's only so much that a marriage can sustain. Yeah. And people like to say that a good marriage has a measure of uh, unconditional love. No, 
love is unconditional. But no God's... human love is unconditional. No. If the person who loves is abused, if the person who loves is betrayed constantly, if the person who loves is forgotten, neglected, mm -hmm. that love will die. Yeah. So I think it's important to understand that sometimes, and obviously the point of our podcast is to avoid this at all costs, but sometimes the betrayal is big enough that trust is severed in such a way that the covenant is broken. Yep. And the marriage ends. Yep. There's only so much a human can take. Yeah. I mean, I would never tell a person who's in an abusive relationship, stay. Yeah. In order to be a fully functioning human being, mm -hmm. you have to let go of certain things. Yeah. In Even your the life. scriptures say that if there has been infidelity, you are released from that covenant. Yeah. I mean, and I've known couples who have decided to stay together and have rebuilt trust. Yes. And we it is are, possible. It is possible. And but to your point in the beginning, it's on a relationship by it, relationship basis. It's a relationship basis and it's a dual commitment. Yeah. Right. Both parties are yes. fully committed to restoring that and yeah. fixing it and dealing with it and all that, which is necessary. Yes. Um, you will find that sometimes it's only one spouse who wants to mm -hmm. fix it. And, you know, there's only one spouse. And that is almost a recipe for end because you can't. Uh, yeah. uh, a marriage is not built on one person. Mm -hmm. So to rebuild trust in those scenarios, the person betrayed and the person who betrayed have to understand, just to recap, that first, that was a trauma and that there's grief now in the relationship because something major was lost. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are now being redrawn. Yep. Everything is being reassessed. Mm -hmm. And even if you try to rebuild it, it's not going to be what it was. It has to be something new. And trust is not isolated. Yeah. So you're not, you didn't break trust in only one area. You fully yes. broke it in all yes. areas. Yes. So now you are not trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And it's a tough thing to it's realize. It's a tough thing to say. And to accept. But yeah you are not trustworthy. So yeah. from that moment on, working to build trust is in every aspect. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with what happened. It doesn't matter. It does. It all actually is does. the same thing. Yeah, it actually does. And for the person who betrayed, here's a little bit of tough love. For you to move on, whether you are rebuilding the marriage or you decide that it's over and you're just going to start a new relationship again, you have to go through the process of repentance mm -hmm. and you have to walk through the process of restoration, whether the marriage survives or not, because otherwise you're just going to repeat the whole thing again. You're going to bring that baggage. You're going to bring that pain. You're going to bring those walls into a new relationship and it's and, not going to be good. And the behavior. And the behavior. Right. You yeah. are... Ooh very likely to redo the yeah. issue if you didn't deal with it because you broke your own trust yeah that is true yeah that in many ways you never knew you were capable you didn't hold your word your own word mm -hmm. you lied the shame yeah oh if you carry that guilt and that shame into whatever other you know aspect you're setting yourself up for failure yes handle it first yes
And so just know that's going to be a long process. Like we said, this, this conversation is so robust that it can, it can go for several podcast episodes. But uh, let us encourage you with this. If you are in a situation like that, if your marriage suffered some significant blows in the trust department, and you have decided that you want to rebuild trust, take heart, stick together. Communication is super important. You have to talk. You have to keep each other informed of where you stand. And you got to build each other up from a place of restoration and healing. Give each other space to heal. Give each other time. And know that there is a brighter horizon ahead if you choose to rebuild it. You can rebuild it. I think that it was Nietzsche who said that uh, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And if the why for your marriage is strong enough, whatever happened, if you both uh, know that you love one another and you know that uh, you're willing to walk through this journey, you can rebuild it, right? Yeah, and if you're one of the parties kind of doing it alone, this is horrible. Um, I can I can imagine a very difficult situation to be in if you're singly kind of dealing with it and your spouse is really not working to build trust. I would suggest a conversation in that manner as well because you will continue to get hurt. You will continue to suffer grief alone. And that is a really hard marriage to restore if you're doing it alone. You know what I mean? Go have the conversation. Yeah. Don't just try to go like, I'm waiting for my spouse to come to me. Mm-hmm. Go meet them where they are. Go have the conversation and say, hey, I need to know that we're in this together to rebuild. Right? We need to rebuild this together. Yes, conversation is very important. And let us remind you, as we do with every podcast, that you got to bring these things to God. If your heart is full of pain, sorrow, if there is a weight on your shoulders and you're dealing with it, let the restorer enter your marriage. And together, together, pray. Together, bring your, your sorrow and your brokenness to God and allow Him to restore your marriage. Remember, marriage is a godly institution and God can do all things. He can do the things that we cannot do. And if it's hard for you to forgive, you need the love of God, the unconditional love of God. If it's hard for you to see a bright future, you need God's vision for your marriage, God's vision for your life. And, and we encourage you to do this together. It's so important to pray together, to come to God together, and to offer Him your broken selves and allow Him to mend you individually so that your marriage can be repaired. Yes, 100%. Well, this is time now for us to transition to our last segment. Mm. Are you ready for the last segment? (laughs) (laughs) Excitement is building. Everybody wants to know. What do they want to know? I don't know what they want to know. The people want to know. The people want to know. All right, let's go. Get ready. It's coming. Oh, the people 
People want to know. How did you meet? How did we meet? How did we meet? We were eight years old. We were eight years old. We met at your father's Maybe church. Maybe I was seven. Oh, stop it. Because you're older than me, remember? Stop it. We were younglings. So if we were young eight. Young ducklings. If we were eight, that, meant, that means we met in 1990. Yes, because my sister was born close to then. I'm not going to give away her age. I keep throwing her under the bus <laughs> in these podcasts. <laughs> yes, it was 1990 and we had moved back to Brazil and we attended your father's church. And then you saw this handsome, robust, beautiful boy. Uh, Sure. And then I was sitting next to him. <laughs> <laughs> we were part of the same uh, kids ministry. Yeah. In all of the. I remember you. Actually, I remember a specific day where you were wearing double denim and you were sitting on the second row. Oh my gosh. I was so on trend. And I was sitting on the side. Uh, the way the building was laid out, um, I was like on a 90 degree from the stage and you were like in front of the stage. And I couldn't get my eyes off of you that day. Do you no. remember that day? No. I can't forget that day. I feel like that was like God imprinting my heart. Somehow that day you became an item in oh my, my mind. God. And I was eight, but I looked at you. I couldn't stop looking at you. And I remember you looking at me and going like, what? You know? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, but you know. God was uh, yeah, and then a few weeks later, you walked toward me and said a curse word, and I was I in love. I did not. <laughs> we have a dispute about this because I'm pretty sure you. We do have a dispute, but his dad put me on the spot in front of the whole church, which is a story for another time. Another time. But my it was between his dad or my dad, and I was way more afraid of my dad. <laughs> so I had to get up and go and his father called oh me out. God. So there is a small chance, all people of the internet waves, that I might have said something like, oh, shoot, you know, something like that. And because that, I was in the spot in front of the entire church. And I was in love. You know, he liked my wretched self. What can I say? innocent little PK mind. <laughs> Just... Uh, Saw heart eyed emojis <laughs> fall from heaven over this beautiful little girl. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. Yeah. But so, then later, then you, you guys moved to Connecticut, back to Connecticut, because you, you were up here. Yes. And then, uh, and then we met again. Well, when, we reconnected, right? Because I had been to Brazil a few, yeah. a few times. So we knew of each other and we'd seen each other around. But we reconnected at. 18. We yeah, we reconnected in the year 2000 when I came to the, the States for my 18th birthday to minister at a summer camp, mm -hmm. now a spring break camp that you were a part of. You and were the first person to Fully holy and at the door greeting people. You were ministering. Ministering to, to the people. youngsters. 
See, now with my holy vessels of <laughs> <laughs> on, we reconnected and the Lord did his work. And the Lord did his work. And the rest is history. Yes. Yeah. Well, folks, it was a pleasure being with you again today. And as JD says every week, this is an interactive podcast. It is. We, we need, need your, your questions. questions. <laughs> Jinx. We need your questions. And if you like this podcast and it has helped you, will you do us a big favor and share? Share with your family, share with your friends, uh, share with people who need it, who might not need it, but you don't know. Share with single people, married people, all people. Uh, let them know we want to help a lot of people. And we hope that this uh, is a platform that can uh, offer people guidance, counsel, and hope. And until next time, submit your questions. Yeah. Yes. So Here's the deal. There are things that you don't want to talk about. There are things that you want answers for. We don't know everything, but we are willing to talk about the things that you don't want to talk about. So let us talk about it. Get you thinking about it so that then you can talk about it with us as the bad guys. Sounds good to me. I got no problem being the bad guy. Hey, I heard in this podcast, this, 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 and that. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And there you go. Have you heard what they said? Look at what they just said. Exactly. Can you believe it? Exactly. Let us take the mm -hmm. brunt of it. Okay? You don't have to fight. Mm -mm. Fight fight us. <laughs> don't fight each other. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you in two weeks. Yes. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Marriage with the Millers. Remember to subscribe and share. To submit a topic for our next conversation, send us a message on Instagram or email us at marriagewiththemillers at connectcommunity.org.